Welcome back. It is the Brady Farkas Show right here on WDEV AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. Time for one of my favorite times of the week, Wednesday, 545. Time to bring on Freddie Coleman, the man with the golden pipes. You hear him every single weeknight right here on WDEV beginning at 9 p.m. Freddie, did I see you on TV doing first take today? Where did where'd that, where'd that call to the bullpen come from? Well, put it this way, Brady, anytime somebody makes that kind of decision, they're about to lose their job. So you got to feel sorry for somebody decide to put me on TV when it comes to the first take. But Antoine Lewis, who runs first take, does a really good job with that. And he and I had a relationship for more than a minute. So it was good to have a chance to do that again, because before this year, including today in early July, I had not done it in a while. So it was pretty cool to do that again. What was it like for you last night? I imagine a unique experience. You doing nighttime sports talk radio directly up against the presidential election. What's that like for you? Well, to me, nothing really changes, to be honest with you, because what we do is that we talk about sports and if something had broken along the lines of a president being named, then we would have said something about that and moved on to what our orbit is going to be all about. And that's not to say that we just stick to sports, but we are the sports and network which means that sports is supposed to come first along with entertaining people and providing that kind of content and if anybody wanted to know what was going on in the election they knew where to go but if they did not want to hear anything about that wanted to get a respite from all of that then that's what we're supposed to provide and be there for them to make sure that we understand our lane and know how to make that lane work for us how was the interaction during your show did you feel like you still had a big amount of listeners listening in even though what was going on on all the other networks Oh, we still had a good amount because we know when you have a special night like that, Brady, that we know where the audience is going to go and where the audience is going to stay, especially with the still uncertainty that we have in terms of votes being counted and ballots being counted and everything like that. So you have to concede the night, and that's what we did when it comes to election night. But if anybody wanted to hear anything outside of that, they knew exactly where to go, and we were going to be there for them. You know, I actually want to start now with Daniel Jones and the New York Giants, something I talked a lot about yesterday. But first off, what is your overall opinion of Daniel Jones? I think he tries to do too much at times, Brady. Here's why I say that. And it's not just because he's had 34 turnovers in his first 20 games. I wonder how much Daniel Jones is trying to justify that the New York Giants did not make a mistake by taking him that high when many people believe that he could go anywhere from 15 to 17 to 20 to 25 in last year's NFL draft. I wonder how much of Daniel Jones, knowing the personnel that he does not have around him, not having to say Quan Barkley, not having a top flight wide receiver, even though goal Golden Tate is more than serviceable as a wide receiver. I wonder how much of this is Daniel Jones showing people that I can be the leader of this team, I can be a franchise quarterback, and that he tries to do too much. Now, if we're still having this conversation next year with Daniel Jones, then that's who he is, and there's no way he'll be able to get away from that unless he takes charge of that. But if we're still having this conversation about him having turnover issues, then you have to wonder the New York Giants going to look in another direction after year three if Daniel Jones is still making the same mistakes that we've seen from year one and year two. Freddie Coleman, ESPN radio host with us here on the Brady Farkas Show, WDEV AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. He's coming up after me in a couple hours at 9 p.m. Let me let me throw this idea by you, though. If the Giants finish in the top two of the draft this year, what if they want to take a quarterback, move off Daniel Jones? What do you think about my Patriots sneaking in? Daniel Jones comes to New England, three years of team control left on his rookie contract. If they want to move off of him, I would gladly take him in New England. Well, there's no doubt about that. If any team wants to move away from a Daniel Jones or a Sam Donald, you're going to be up front and personal and say, yeah, we wouldn't mind having that guy as our starting quarterback. But I can't see the New York Giants doing that, especially 
when their general manager is Dave Gettleman. And to me, he has more pressure on him than Daniel Jones as a quarterback and definitely Joe Judge as a coach because if you believe these are the two guys that can be your franchise difference makers at quarterback and coach respectively, then Dave Gettleman is up to you provide the kind of pieces around both of those guys to make sure that this is going to work. So I don't believe the Giants are going to move away from him. Although Mike Tannenbaum, a former NFL GM, we had him on our show last night, works for us as an ESPN front office insider. He said that the Giants had the number two pick in the draft. They should move on from Daniel Jones and take Justin Fields of Ohio State because he believes his upside is a lot better than what Daniel Jones has provided so far in his first almost two years in the National Football League. I don't believe the New York Giants are going to do that, but it could be interesting fodder if they do have the number two pick in the draft and they start to maybe believe that maybe they should move on from Daniel Jones or give him one more year. Do you like the trend of moving on from young quarterbacks so quick? I mean, I remember Carson Palmer, Aaron Rodgers, these guys that sat behind veterans for a year, two years, three years, and ended up being really good. Now it's like guys get like, it's like 10 games and now we're on to the next. Do you like this trend in the NFL? I'm a big believer, not so much that it's a trend, Brady, but if you believe a guy is not the guy, then you can't keep that mistake in your building because how many times we've seen teams determined to make sure a number one pick in the draft at the quarterback position. They wanted to see the proof that he could not play more than he could play. They were willing to give him more leeway. I go back, like you mentioned, Josh Rosen. When you bring in a new coaching staff, that coach didn't draft him. So he was thinking, I'm not going to work with this guy. I don't need to. I'm going to draft Kyler Murray. And that's worked out pretty well for the Arizona Cardinals. And I think more than ever before, if you're a quarterback in the NFL, it's no longer a week-to-week league. It is a second-to-second league, and you can look good one second or if you look bad the next second and it snowballs, then teams are going to take pause because there's so many terrific quarterbacks that are on the high school level about to go into college that you can make them not just throwaways, Brady, but to say, if you don't work out, we believe there's a guy in the draft that's going to be better than you, and we're not going to invest in a second contract if we believe that you can't be the guy, no matter how short that timetable has been. Patriots 2-5, and five. they're taking on the Jets coming up on Monday Night Football. We'll have that game for you as your home of the Patriots. It'll be on ESPN on TV as well. Pat should win this game, but Freddie, do you feel like you have an idea of what direction the Patriots are headed in at this point? It feels like a gap year, Brady, for the Patriots, right? Like instead of going to college, they decide to graduate from high school and not go to college for that one year to see exactly what they're going to be all about. That's what this feels like with the Patriots. And I don't put anything past Bill Belichick because I read an article in the New York Post today that Matt Light, the ex-Patriots player, he said it was part of Bill Belichick's master plan, knowing that he was not going to be the kind of team with Tom Brady or without Tom Brady. So this is all about a rebuilding year, or at least it's at the rebuilding phase in motion and do it completely the Patriot way. So nothing is off the table when it comes to Bill Belichick because I don't think he's forgotten how to coach, even though this team is three games below 500 going into that game against the New York Jets. He still has the ability to know how to coach, but if this is a way to go about the rebuilding process and make sure they're going to be more fortified once this season is over, absolutely everything is on the table with a guy that is as shrewd as anybody that has been in the history of the National Football League. Let me ask you this. In honor of Election Day, okay, Would you rather, for the next four years, you get Bill Belichick at nearly 70 years old as your head coach, or you get a young gun like Kyle Shanahan or Sean McVay? For the next four years, aging legend Belichick, young up-and-comer McVay-Shanahan type. 
I'm going to side in the young train when it comes to that one, Brady, because I get with Bill Belichick that he's going to coach as long as he possibly can. But the NFL keeps getting younger and younger and younger. And that's not to say that Bill Belichick can't have a pulse or have his finger on the pulse of that. But you have more guys that are more inclined to understand exactly today's player in a more offensive NFL than ever before. And I will say this about Bill Belichick. However long he's going to be with the New England Patriots, for the first time in his coaching career, he can't just out-scheme people or find these hidden gems and think he can turn them into superstars. He's got to go out there and get difference makers in the first and second and third rounds. It can't just be about being lucky and getting Tom Brady in the sixth round or finding a Julian Edelman in the seventh round. He's going to have to go out there and get some dudes because everybody else is going after those guys and hitting on them. Whether you're in Kansas City, whether you're Baltimore, whether you're Pittsburgh, whether you're Tennessee, whether you're Indianapolis. The days of out-scheming people are going to have to be over for Bill Belichick because he no longer has number 12 out there to mask any kind of decisions or mistakes that he may have made when it comes to evaluating players when it comes to the NFL draft or free agency. Freddie Coleman, ESPN Radio, on 9 o'clock tonight right here on this station. Now joining us on the Brady Farkas Show, WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. Heard you talking about this yesterday. I talked about it after I heard you talking about it. NFL may go to 16 playoff teams this year to offset COVID revenue losses. You think they're going to bring that out and make it permanent. Do you like the idea of 16 playoff teams permanently in the NFL? I can't stand it because, and I know why the NFL put that out there as a trial balloon, as something that we may think about this year, and if they have their way to, they'll make it a 16-team playoff. I just think you have the perfect scenario where you have 12 teams, and the top two teams in each conference get a bye. There's nothing wrong with that if you're the NFL, because you still have interest in teams competing for playoff spots, and there are going to be years where a team like the Rams last year, where they win 10 games, but they played in the best division of football, and they're not going to get into the playoffs. If you're the NFL, and I'm not trying to tell billionaires how to spend their money or how to make their money or how to try to overcome the loss of revenue when it comes to COVID-19 2020, but you already have, in my opinion, a perfect playoff system. You don't need to add to perfection if you're the National Football League, but when they're so concerned, they're always going to be concerned about the bottom line. When you and I, Brady, lose pennies, we say we try to place with another penny. When they lose pennies, they lose their minds as owners in the National Football League when it comes to revenue. So that's where this all comes down to, that they want to make sure that whatever money that they lose they want the possibility that there is a possibility that they're going to try to recover that and they know the best way to do that is you put more playoff games on tv they're not going to be a lot of fans that are going to complain about more nfl when it comes to playoffs and having a chance to watch that on their group too Freddie, I'll get you out of here on this. I'm going to throw a complete 180 at you. You might not be in basketball mode yet, but your old colleague at ESPN, Ryan Rossillo, said today he heard that Gordon Hayward wants out of Boston, and he's due a $31 million player option. I don't know what's motivating Gordon Hayward. I don't know if he wants to win a title, be the guy, or just get a long-term money deal. But are you surprised that when you hear a guy's got a $31 million option that he might want out of his current situation? No, and here's why, because there are two dudes in front of him named Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown that have superseded him, and those are the two guys for the Boston Celtics. When you have that kind of contract that he decided to sign on with with Boston, he thought he was going to be the guy. He was prepared to be the guy playing for his former coach and Brad Stevens when those two were together at Butler. But then all of a sudden you have these two guys that they are the bell cows for the Boston Celtics. Jason, Jason Tatum is going to be a superstar if he's not there already, and Jalen Brown's not that far behind. 
special team. That was clearly evident during that playoff run along with Kimball Walker. So if you're Gordon Hayward, you're no longer the number one option. At times, you may be the fifth best option on this basketball team behind Tatum, behind Brown, behind Kimball Walker, and at times, Marcus Smart, who has been big time in the fourth quarter when we've seen that with the Boston Celtics. So Gordon Hayward believes that he can go somewhere else and, and, and use that that option in his contract, it's going to be a very hard sell for anybody out there to take on a guy, Gordon Hayward, who's barely made an all-star, who is not a superstar in the NBA, and say, we're going to pay $31 million to this guy to be the guy. Nobody's going to sign up for that. So if you're Gordon Hayward, what are you going to do? Are you going to sit back and continue to be the fourth or fifth option? Or do you think you can go somewhere else and be the guy? I'm not betting on the second part of that statement working out well for Gordon Hayward. But then again, what can you do? Do you sit back and be quiet and take the money? Or do you take the risk and bet on yourself? Simply the best, Freddie Coleman. He's like Rafael Nadal. I'm serving up things. He has no idea what's coming. And boom, he's knocking them right back. So, Freddie, we appreciate it as always. We'll talk to you next week here. We'll listen to you in a couple hours right here on WDEV. My pleasure, brother. Can't wait to talk to you next week. And thanks again.